0: We've been going through the big story of the whole Bible. So, we are, this is our last night. We are at the end. So, so there's a, the Bible is a massive book with all sorts of weird poetry and different genres of text and, and stuff going on. But it's one big storyline, one whole story about God and the universe and the humanity that He made within it. And, and we are at the end and we're getting to not just the, the end of the events, but the point purpose. And so that tonight is what you're going to hear, the purpose, not just of the Bible, but the purpose of existence as we know it. So just to to sort of give a little recap, previously in the Bible, as we saw in the Old Testament, humanity's destiny had been to be in close relationship with God, ruling the world for Him as His chosen ones. And so when they failed... When they failed to trust God or failed to rule the world, God instituted a plan to redeem them, to buy them back. He, he included, um, he included this, this particular people group, Israel. He used them, but they weren't up to the task, no matter what help he gave them. He, he, he did this massive saving, rescuing event to help them to trust him, but they couldn't trust him. As we, and as, as it went on, then they, they, they gave them these great rules, but they still couldn't obey the rules. They still couldn't trust their God and do enough to rescue humanity. They, in fact, ended up worshipping other gods. They even completely abandoned him. And then God ended up saying, look, this is actually just too much. I'm sorry. I just can't put up with any more of this. You actually need to leave. It's not okay that you act this way in my home. And so they were left to leave. And yet in the New Testament, we saw Jesus fulfill the Israel story. God himself stepped into history as one of us in order to redeem us, to be the rescue party himself that Israel could never be, to be the human himself that humanity were never unable to be, to be the perfection of love itself and in fact remains one of us in heaven to keep Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, one of the three persons of the Godhead, stays in heaven right now just so that God doesn't misunderstand you. Just so that God gets you really, so there's an actual human in heaven to make sure that God the Father, who of course, it was his idea that this happened, it's not like he doesn't get you anyway, but there's someone who's been in nappies, who's there with God the Father in heaven, Intercede for you, so that God the Father knows what it's like. Now, with that, all of that is to say that everything in the Old Testament is actually the build-up to Jesus. You might have heard everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus, kind of true, but it's but like but not like a textbook or not like a not like a a puzzle, like a story. It's the lead-up, it's the build-up in the story to Jesus, and then everything in the New Testament is about Jesus' victory. It's about him winning the fight, winning the battle, and its implications for our universe. So the Old Testament points forward to Jesus, showing the unsolvable riddles that were thwarting God's purposes and plans, and the New Testament points backwards at everything that he did to solve the unsolvable and redeem the universe to the Father. And now we are at, all right, if, 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 I'm going to put this word up on there. It's probably a bit small to see. How do you say that word? Denouement. That's what I say, Right? I, I, I checked this, because I've heard some people saying denouement, like, like French is cool and stuff. But apparently it is a French word, and apparently that's actually how you say it, it's denouement. And I'm like, no, it's denouement. That's how we say it in Bogan, Queensland, all right? That's, how, that's what it is. Now, a denouement would be something like Lord of the Rings the The first part of the *Doom* *Numen* of *Lord of the Rings* involves the aftermath of the, this this great big battle, and then they coron they coronate they crown Aragorn as the rightful king of Gondor, establishing the, the new situation that's going to come because of all of the everything that's happened is going to be beautiful. This fair ruler. The second part has has these different storylines with various characters. You see what happens to Frodo, the Ring bearer, as he walks away and sails off to the Undying Lands, but but changed forever. You've got Sam going back to the Shire, and he you know, meets up with his wife and kids and stuff, and it's all great, and, and the elves leave Middle Earth, and, and, and you just find out what happens to everyone. And it's beautiful and good, but it's not back to what it was at the start. Things will never be the same again because of what's happened. And so the Bible, in its denouement, in its denouement, uh, gives us a few different scenes as well. we're just going to pick up a couple of them, particularly from the book of Revelation. What's the happily ever after going to be like? Revelation 21 is where we're going to kick in. Um, oops, sorry. That was meant to be my slide for the Old Testament, pointing the, the the Luke one, is where Jesus explains everything from the Old Testament being about him, and then Ephesians where it talks about actually Jesus fulfilling everything from the past. So, hey, that was what those other slides were for. But thankfully, the guys at the back have got my back, and have moved me forward to Revelation 21 where I should be. All right, we're there. Verse 1. A new heavens and a new earth. That's, that's, that's what's happening next, when Jesus comes back to wrap up all history and start the, the denouement of the universe. No, but, but with no watery chaos for evil to come from. So there's, no, there's, there's no, no fear in this place. Now, that's a metaphor. So if you like surfing, I'm pretty sure there'll still be ocean. Okay, relax. Uh, verse 2, the marriage feast of the Lamb will be with God. Beautiful, intimate relationship with God. Closer than a husband and wife. Do do you hear me? Particularly single people who sort of think that maybe like having a a spouse would be be the best thing ever. No, no, no. You'll be closer and better mates and more united with God than any husband or wife ever on this earth was. Like even if they had a good marriage. More celebrated and lavished over than Lydia was yesterday at her wedding. There was a lot of that, trust me. Okay. Uh, Verse 3. If you don't believe me, this is how this is how connected. God's dwelling place is among the people, like in in their midst with them. Like I don't know, do you have that view of heaven where God's like off in like the the high the high tower, like there's like the mountain with the golden castle on top, and all the peasants live around the. That's not that's not heaven. He lives among and with. Verse four: This new physical, actual creation will be next level. It will be different. Our opportunity to suffer will be gone. All tears will be wiped away. You won't be able to feel bad on that day. Not, it, not, not, not because of some sort of like, like if you've got depression, you've got a tablet that does that. No, no. Because of the reality will be so good. And for those of you who have had or have depression, anxiety, other mental health issues, I want you to understand you will not be able to feel bad. On that day, verse eight: those who want to do evil, they won't be present there anymore. No one's going to make God's children afraid. Anyone who wants to have a go at you will be, will they? Will be gone. And then verses nine to twelve, as you, as, as we flick through it, the, the the bride pictured as a. Oh, sorry, this is actually the. Um, did I go too far? Yeah, I didn't go well. um, the night too. The funnest thing I think is all the coolest new tech gadgets will be there. You heard it here first. See it. The nations will walk by its light. The kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. Like, all the nations are going to come in and be like, all right, God, well, here's what we got. Here's the cool stuff. Not just tech, but art and culture and stories. All the best of the world is going to come and and, and offer itself to Jesus to be at his service. What a beautiful place to be if you love good, if you trust God. And those who don't will be removed. Now, there's, there's another scene in this denouement. Uh, this, is, this scene is now, that's sort of like the, the broad sweeping, you know, you see the guy walking in, walking home and, you know, kiss on the cheek from the wife and all of that sort of stuff, and the, just sort of the, the, the people walking merrily along the streets, and it's just it's just lovely, it's just so good. Like, I didn't mean to make it cheesy then, I, because it's not, but, you know what I mean? So It's the broader scope of just generally what it's like. Here, there's another scene in the denouement. It's the podium scene. This is, this is the great throne room scene. This is, this is um, the, 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 the Olympic gold medals are coming out. And that's in Revelation chapter 5. Here it is. Verses 1 to 4. There's a scroll and no one is worthy to open it. This is, this is rehearsing the, the drama of the unresolved conflict. you remember when we got to the end of the Old Testament? We were just like, hold on, this, can't, this won't work. God and people can't get back together again. It's not possible. Well, that, this, this, this is the, the, that drama played out a, a, again in the last day, sort of where people are like, "Oh wow, it would be impossible for God and people to be back together again. That's what the scroll symbolizes the, the salvation of people and the connection of them with God. And yet then, but no. Yes, it was so bad we wept, and I, I think there were some really sad hearts the day we did that in that week. But don't weep, says one of the elders. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed, and he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Yes, Jesus, lion of the tribe of Judah, has won. And he looked and he saw a dead lamb. That's the supposed lion. The lion was a lamb, a dead lamb, but the lamb only looked dead. The lamb actually rules the universe. And we see there with horns, the symbol of authority. Remember, we saw that in Daniel. And the eyes, these, for the spirit of God that is across the whole world in the hearts of all of the people who love him. You see, this lamb does rule after all, but he, and the lion, he is the lamb, but through sacrifice. An, an upside-down way that the world works. The world rules through power. Jesus ruled through giving up his power. He reigns, but via service. He is the greatest who, who, who washed the feet of the least and washed the... Maybe I should use the dodgy word, but I'll just use rubbish off of people's feet. Because, you know, it was humiliating. It was worthy of a bad word, what Jesus did. The way of the cross. The humble, humiliated one. But that's his lordship. That's his kingship. And, and this now is the final scene where all of that is leading... Those who are victorious—that's those who keep trusting in this Jesus, this pathetic serving savior—and um, and I will be their God. They'll be my children. These guys will have to leave. They'll—they will be kicked out. Uh, hold on. We've we got to. Oh, should. I'm really sorry. Um, that is—I—I I definitely change this. Um, could you please just change the Bible reference there? Uh, for this particular slide um to revelation five just revelation five is fine we 're going we just want to get to seven verses seven to fourteen. If you can just do a little edit for me there tim you 're great because this is the final scene right this is this is the podium remember, remember I said. This is where everything is heading. This is Han and Luke getting their medals after winning the Battle of Yavin, right? Everyone's watching. This is Maverick throwing Goose's dog tags into the ocean after overcoming his fears and winning the battle against the MiGs. This is Katniss and Peter returning to their home district and being celebrated as heroes after the Hunger Games. That's what we're seeing here. Thank you. He went, took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. They honored him for his victory, for what he did. Each one had a harp. They were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang this new song. You are worthy to take the scrolls and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God's, God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You've made them be a kingdom, priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. Jesus, in what he did in solving all of the problems, we saw the technical billion-level detail of it last week. Tonight, it's just, do you get it? You were you, you. you, were you. You, you look, look, look at what I'm like. Look at what your heart is like. And he rescued you from that, from yourself, and he's made you what? Not just to be, oh, we'll let you be friends with us again. Kingdom, priests, to, the, you're the people who are going to who, who go to you to get to know God. And you will rule and reign on the earth because of what the victory he won. And you're like, hold on, but he, he won the gold medal. I, I, but, but, but you get included up in this. Why? But you do. But it's all the focus on him. He won that. See, I think we've been through a long story. It's actually probably been easy to forget lots of it. What 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 I want to do is don't forget how you felt at the start when God made the world so good, and you're like, this guy is amazing, so good, so generous. He loves this. God is so good. And don't forget how sad you were when they didn't trust him, and you're like, no, but this guy's amazing. Why would they even? But they didn't, oh, and then they're, they're broken up and they're not together again. And then the hope, you're like, oh, but there's this, this one guy who trusts him. This is going to be great and he'll sort things out and if he'll just can trust. And, and then God even told that guy's family how to, how, how to live and gave them all these rules and, 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 and rules that were beautiful and we create a beautiful culture. You like, this is going to be so good. And then, but then they don't. And remember how sad you felt or how awkward you felt? You're like, Why? You know life will be beautiful if you do this. you idiots, what are you doing? And then remember how there's those moments where he stopped and thought, "Oh, yeah, but actually that's me too, because I remember how beautiful my life would be if I actually lived the way God would like and yet oh, okay, maybe I 'm like it too but then but then you think, oh no, but but they they were worshiping all these other gods. how stupid because their God was been so good this guy's so good. How could they abandon him again? and then you remember that we. Go to other things other than God for our salvation and, oh, I do that too and it's sad and you feel not just sad about how hopeless it is for them but how hopeless it is for you and God says, no, it is, It's it." when you, you thought that was bad, you know, it is really that bad. I can't, I, I, I am too pure to look on sin and, and you're actually going to get kicked out and how how gut-wrenching that was and how hopeless it was because there was no hope. There was no way. There was no way to be reconnected with God and then he did it. Did it? The reason it's a story is because stories meant to move you like that. You meant to feel the incredible thing that was done. You meant to, to, to realize this is why it's called Love Actually. this series because you meant to realize the love for you. You meant to see it in action. Frustrating time after frustrating time, and you're like, man, my patience would have run out like about 367 years ago at least. And then you, God's got another thousand years of patience before He sends Jesus and and more sin that He's putting up with until and. <sighs> Why did God do it? Why did God stretch it out like that? Why did he go through the pain? Why did he put up with your sin and my sin? Why did he put up with their sin? Why did he let people get hurt in the process? Why didn't he create heaven straight away? The answer is... Because otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have been able to suffer in order to overcome. So that we would see the true depth of the goodness of the Son of God. We would have had no hope of comprehending just how good the Son of God really is, Jesus and you th- I mean, think about it right god in we've got god he exists in three persons this this almost like a community but they're so united it's not really like it's not like we think of three different people this one god father son spirit so, so perfectly friends so perfectly joyful so so everything being incredible in in perfect love in between all three of them forever first of all you think why are not humans doesn't seem a good idea but 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 it's not just that you think it's almost like, God, it's almost like, you know, this, it's biblical what I'm saying, but this little, this little phrase isn't exactly biblical. It's almost like God saying, that's not enough. I want to I, I prove it to you. I want to show you. I want to have someone to delight in and then show you what my son's love is like or what it would be like even if that one that we created to delight in spat in his face. What was he going to do then? Because if you ever gone thought about praying to God and you're like, oh, I feel like I'm so bad. I don't know if I can I don't want to I this. You just avoid praying to God. But then gone to God later and said, God, this is who I really am. Do you still want me? Are you sure? This really? You see, this is this is what God wants to prove. You have no idea what the love of my son is like. I'm proud of my son. I'm gonna show you. He's not just going to show you. Not like showing off. He's going to actually love you. Demonstrate it. Do it. It's not going to be talk. It's going to be real. I'm going to go through it. He's going to go through it. See, the Father knows how good His Son is. He knows the quality of His love. He knows what He would be willing to do for His loved one. He knows what He would be willing to do for people who have made themselves His enemies. But the universe didn't know that. And ultimately... For the sheer joy of, yep, you know, partly for the sheer joy of creating something as incredible as you, he did it too. But ultimately, it was for him to earn that glory, for people to see how good he truly is. And then at the end of all things, to give all the credit back to his father as the source of it all, because he's that kind of guy. Now, you, if you trust in Jesus, you are a witness of his glory. Well, like stop and take a moment with that. Like we think of that, I think, as the people who watched the pe- watched watched Jesus hanging on a cross, or, or maybe people who saw him after his raised to life. Now, you're a witness of his glory. You 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 know the story, and you have put your trust in that to transform and change your life, and to and, and for him to be your king. You're the ones upon whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. You've seen the whole story work out. You have got no excuse now. You've been through the series. Like you, you've you are. The witnesses of his glory. You're the throng, the ones who are who were there cheering. And that's the picture in Revelation chapter five. Everyone around the throne saying, Jesus, you are so worthy. Because look what you did. What else could we do but say, but 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 cheer? Like you can't not. And so for us there's just a few implications for this. If we think of, well, at the start of the series, I kind of gave a, like a metaphor for uh, the Bible as like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Lots of different weird books, strange different movies, but they all come together into the one overarching plot line, and, 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 and it culminates at the end, right? Now, if you're a Christian, you have experienced the glorious grace of the gospel. You are a witness of Jesus' glory, and your life is actually, therefore, a spin-off. You are a spin-off series. Think of yourself as like you know one of those like like the Loki Netflix series, like kind of like, mm, a little bit weird, not quite so not quite so dramatically, not not quite so big consequences. But yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. Part of the universe, right? Sure, that's you. That's you with the biblical universe. And your life is to the point of your life is actually to continue that story. That so that your story actually testifies to the great story that you're just a spin-off of. That Jesus worked out. So so Jesus has worked out. His, the, the, the benefits and the blessings of his great biblical story in the canvas of your life. And so your story, as you, as you live your life, people are meant to look at you and they're meant to see Jesus' story, this biblical story, worked out in the canvas of how you treat people, of how you're thankful, of how much you are like, with every, everywhere you go, you're like, man, that Jesus guy, he, just, he forgave me again. Can you believe it? He forgave me again. I won't tell you what I did because I don't want you. Because I know you won't forgive me. But he did. This is, this is this is we testify. John saw the crucifixion and had to tell people you have had your sins forgiven and are loved by God in Christ. So you tell people what Jesus has done for you, not just to do evangelism. Do you get the point? Like 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 oh no, I've got to tell my friends about Jesus because I've got to get them saved, and then and then you're like oh, but I feel bad because now it sort of seems like they're just a project and. Seemed a little bit kind of manipulative, almost in the way like, but I gotta get it. But I want him it. we tell people about Jesus because we're the ones who know, and witnesses testify. Second one: suffering comes before the glory. Uh, for us, as with our older brother Jesus, that's a family thing. You see, if you feel hard done by in suffering, and I do, I am a whinger. I I, I have cried with many of you people over, over the things that I'm annoyed about or sad about in my past, I've confessed to you my inability to deal with it in various emotional ways. And yet the thing that has answered that for me, and not answered in a way where I'm over it, answered it in a way where I, where I pray to God with it, is that this is what my older brother did. This is what Jesus did. Not because he'd done anything wrong. He walked a hard road for the glory that was set before him. So if I think that I'm hard done by by God in my life, and I whingily do, as a lot of you know, what a stupidity. Well, for me, I'm not trying to tell you you're stupid. I'm trying to ask you to walk into this story and to see what Jesus has done and to say, actually, what God was doing for you is giving you the chance to play on Jesus' team, and to play that game where you go through hard things and you get the glory on the other side too. This is the weird thing about God. God both pays the debts of the sinner, cancels your debt as if like sort of, you know, he, he's done the thing, and then ends up giving the worker their wages. As if now he's, an, now he's all about fairness and getting what you deserve. As we suffer for the gospel, there is reward in heaven. Mostly, I'm guessing, barbecues with the people that you loved and served on earth. So as I look around the room, there's particular people that I'm thinking of, and I'm like, you're going to have a lot of people at your barbecues because you put in hard yards for them. And maybe you have small barbecues now because you've never let them know, and you've just done lots of serving no one knows about. In heaven they'll find out, and they'll come over. All right, last one. Therefore, we exist for the praise of His glory. Your life is not about you. The whole point of the way that God did this, of course, is that you're not just some pawn in the game to get Jesus' glory. Uh, it's a story of how you've actually been loved, how you've actually been sacrificed for. You've been adopted into sonship, like the only begotten Son. You're His brother. You're caught up in His glory, and now, that's what you're for. That's that's your job. That's your role. That's that's why you were made. If you suddenly think, "Why was I put here on this earth?" Uh, to stand around saying, "Jesus is brilliant. He's so good." But not just to say it like a stooge, but to have experienced it, to have trusted it, to have gone into hard situations where you don't trust that Jesus is good and come out the other side of suffering saying, wow, he got me through, I don't know how, but he got me through. And yeah, I do trust him still. He is good. That's That's our purpose, to go through these things, to come out the other side and to tell people about it. Now look, I I love telling people stories about the time we're just about to to finish up here in case you just need a little bit of that, you need that encouragement that we're just to get through. I I love telling people stories about the time I played against the world champion Portuguese uh, roller hockey team. I love roller hockey, it's my sport. Um, and we played against Portugal. Now, unfortunately, I couldn't get in time. Um, if I check Facebook, maybe it'll be there. Um, I'll post it on my Facebook profile, if anyone wants to find this. There's a, um, a picture of us after the game, you know, standing, all, all, all the athletes there. And um, it's particularly amusing because I had been initiated the night before, so I only had one of my two eyebrows present. Um, so it was fun, like shaking their hands, you know, going through the game. They're all just looking at me like, Haha, "You're the rookie," um, and and it was it it was, but it was. So, oh, I love telling stories. You can hear that I actually, I, I I love telling you about all this. It feels really cool. We were trash. Well, I was trash, but they were <laughs> they were brilliant, right? Like, but I loved it. To be near them was incredible. Uh, like this guy particularly, right? that guy is he is as intense and insane as he looks not the number 3 the other guy right uh, we called him we called him because he had the hair like ronald mcdonald um but but his name was antonio nish and he was the best forward in the world in the best team in the world and he ha- he uh, he had all the silky skills and I, I, I and he just looked like silk and i and i loved i, I loved that and i i i I sort of, that was the kind of player I was. I was a silky sort of skillful player. And then I had to mark him. <laughs> um, like, like this, <laughs> this is the kind of guy he is, right? And, I, and, and we, we smashed into each other. And he wasn't silk. <laughs> he was steel. <laughs> and I was on the ground. Again and again and again and we had to clash. But I loved having my story mixed up with his story. How cool was that? The guy I'd watched on tapes. I think tried to learn from uh, when their coach was yelling at them. Because there, there was one point that we were up 2-1 in this game, right? And their coach is yelling at them because they're not scoring goals. And it was because we're defending. I, my story changed his story. Like, I'm a part of it. My story's mixed up in it. You know, like, it was so cool. I love this. Like, to get beaten 27-2 to 2 by this team was great. So, <laughs> it was, this is a highlight of my life, right? I loved every second of witnessing their glory. Of witnessing this guy, uh, Ronaldo Ventura, who just got annoyed at his teammates for being so, because they they started out the first 10 minutes, they were terrible against us, for being so bad. He's a back, and he like, I'm just going to go up and just casually pop one in that top corner, casually go up, pop one from the back in that top corner. Okay, guys, you've got two more goals now. Now, you fours. Can you sort yourselves out and go score some goals now? Fine. And it goes back to just defending again, does nothing for the rest of the game. Just, just like I love watching that Seeing that seeing this guy do this, and then picking the ball out of the cage one time, and the cages are painted orange and, and it's like got an orange stripe wrapped around the side of the ball because it ripped the paint off as it went in. Like I'm just like, this is, it was, I loved every, all of those stories. I love that. Why? Because that was so good. It's so good to be near it. You have to understand, as excited as I am about that, how much better Jesus is than any of those things. How much higher the podium that He occupies. How much, how much grittier. How much more steel is in that man than in some Portuguese guy to go through the cross and everything for us and generations of of of, of uh, abuse, of neglect, of betrayal, and have the steel to stay loving of those people. And how glorious it'll be to be caught up in that. I just sort of had to sit in the stands and watch the final as Portugal thrash whoever they thrashed in the final. We're going to be there. That's the denouement of the Bible. We'll be there with Jesus in glory. But we're doing what we're meant to be doing and telling everyone how great it is and how great he is.